Yeah, give them some love. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you, each and every one. Well, good, uh, good afternoon, church. Welcome. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're new here, especially, thanks for joining us uh, on this Christmas Eve time. My name is Jesse. I have the privilege of pastoring up here with our uh, part of our community. Uh, right before the sun went down a little bit, it was like this, the, the star of wonder was shining bright in my eyes early on, so that's happening. Uh, I don't see Tom, Tom and Larry. Are you watching the game or is it? You are? Okay. I know we got a couple of big Cowboys fans in the house, so just, yeah. I'll be looking out for gestures and, and see, how, see how we're doing. <laughs> uh, a couple, couple quick things. If you're new and, and just checking us out, looking for a home church, we'd love to have you, or at least take a look, uh, newchurch.com or at NewVenture on Instagram. Uh, primarily, we operate through an app. We've got a WhatsApp communication channels for men's and women. You can read news there. There's a giving portal there. Uh, you find places to serve there. So all those kind of things if you are, uh, are looking for a... Uh, home, home, home church. Uh, last winter, well, last, last Christmas, um, yeah, it was last Christmas for me. Many of us know this story. is a little bit of a challenging time. My dad passed away suddenly just a few days before Christmas, so kind of threw things off a little bit. So if you're in one of those places, like the holidays are hard, like I, I, I get that. But sometimes it's also like the show must go on. So Christmas Day, we're, we're still celebrating and, and, and having a good time with our family. And I'm, I'm cooking a, a prime rib. Like, it's like an all-day process, right? It's, it's slow and low, and I'm searing in the cast iron. It's just coming out really nice. And at one point, I'm turning the prime rib, prime rib over in the sear. This super hot, like molten hot oil splashes all over my hand and my forearm. Just like burns, man. I'm cold water. Some, you know, get some kind of cream on it. Uh, hit some champagne and like keep going, right? It's just like, like you got to keep going on with the day. And so I have this burn on my arm, but I sort of just don't even notice it. I'm, I'm just, we're in the moment. It's Christmas. We're celebrating. And the next day, I'm flying out to with family on the East Coast where I'm from. And it takes me until about I'm sitting on the plane and from, from LAX to New Jersey, I'm sitting on a plane. I look down at my hand and my arm and there's these deep red blisters on them, just absolutely gruesome blisters. And I looked for a photo because I thought I took some, but I'm, not, I'm gonna spare you, that, uh, spare you that today. But there's these gnarly like blisters on my arm. And I became very aware of it because I was sitting so close to other people, right? I've become very aware of like how close my freak show arm is to other human beings. And I see one of them look at it. Like I just catch eyes glancing at my arm. And without thinking, I say, I say I'm so sorry, it's not a disease. <laughs> I burned it cooking, <laughs> you know? I still this scar on my hand from, from this moment. It was a very sort of uncomfortable moment. I had tons of other things going on. But it's one of those moments for me when you have to like explain yourself and you, you just don't even know how. And you're kind of in a weird space anyway. You're not even sure you want to explain yourself. Like there's a lot going on. It's like more than you want to talk about or even you know, need to talk about. It's just all these things happening in my mind. I'm just trying to get, to the, get across the country. And like these burns my hand. And it's like I don't have bandages. It's just really awkward, little awkward kind of moment. And this is where we pick up the story of, of Mary, right? Mary is this beautiful, strong, faithful woman. But in some sense, she's engaged to Joseph, right? She's miraculously pregnant as, 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 as the story goes. And having been called with an angel visits her and says, hey, we've got this, this is your blessed, your blessed Mary. You're going to be carrying this child. And, and the angel describes a child like this. He'll be great and he'll be called the son of most high. You're going to carry the, carry the son of God. You're going to carry this person, Jesus, the savior to the world. And so she's carrying this, this baby like out of nowhere. Again, she was engaged. Uh, she's a virgin Mary, like this beautiful, like crazy story. And because of that, she goes into a little bit of hiding. She's like, okay, I, I gotta stay with the relative for a little while. I shouldn't, this is kind of strange. I'm, ex I'm, 
I'm okay with it, God, but this is a little awkward for my fiance and, and this situation. It's, it's just complicated. Like, it's just complicated. If you can, if you can appreciate that moment for Mary and for Joseph, even though we can sing the songs and we've got the decorations, and it's, it's amazing. It's also complicated when you're the people, right? And it's nice for us from a distance. What a great, what a great amazing story. But if it's your life, sometimes it feels a little en- less entertaining, because people can look at our life, oh, it's so awesome, what's, what's God's doing in your life? It's so cool where you're at. And like, yeah, it doesn't always feel like that for me. Sometimes it's really difficult. As we get into Luke 2, we pick up that, that Mary, even going through all this sort of interesting situation, she's going to be disrupted yet again. But she's kind of dealt with this angel visitation, which is crazy. This, you know, possibly this, you know, this virgin birth, you're going to carry this, the son of God, like it's wild stuff. And she's like, okay, I'm at least with, with family. I'm kind of just laying low for a little while. And my, my fiance is unbelievably cool with it, which is crazy too. But then there's this other event that starts to happen. It disrupts that, that moment that she's in. Now they're fine. And Luke goes like this in Luke, Luke 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. Now, Caesar Augustus, great nephew of Julius, if you're familiar with Julius Caesar, and essentially the Roman emperor. He's the first Roman emperor. He calls for this census. And this registration, this census described, it wasn't just for simple like record keeping or bookkeeping or statistics. It's, it's, a, it's an efficient and effective way to tax everyone in the Roman Empire. It's like, we, end up, we want to know who's here. Go to your hometown. We want to register you. We, know, we want to know how to tax you. And so Joseph and Mary have to go on this journey from, Na- from Nazareth, where they are, to Bethlehem. So she's kind of like hanging in there, like, okay, I'm going to have this baby soon, but at least I'm in the same place. And like, oh my gosh, do I have to move? Things are changing now. I've got to go to Bethlehem. Joseph's hometown was also King David's hometown. City of bread. Right? This is about a four-day journey if you're moving quickly. Probably more like a week at nine months pregnant. And it's busy with people, travelers, sojourners, making their way to their hometowns. It would have been busy with questions for Mary. So how far along are you? How long have you been married? Are you okay? And I wonder what that would have felt like for a young girl. She's like, no, I'm not okay. It's wild. Right? This is the story. She's engaged. She has plans. She's getting busy. She's, she's planning her life. This angel comes. It's kind of disruptive. Like She's like, okay, this is the Lord I'm in. But I'm trying to lay low because people don't want to understand. It just doesn't look good. She's like, I thought I'd be married by now. Now there's a census and I have to leave and I'm so pregnant. And they get to this town, we have no place to stay. Again, Mary, beautiful, faithful person. Joseph, courageous and honorable. But is it possible that maybe, maybe they'd be coming into the Christmas story just a little bit singed? Just a little bit singed. And I've felt that way this season. And I bet a number of us can relate. Like, I'm just feeling a little singed right now. Not in every respect, right? There's a lot of things that are going great. But it's on the, some of the edges. Some of the edges feel like, oh, man, this is, this is feeling a little something. It's like your cat when it gets a little too close to the, to the candle. gets a little too curious about the candle. Or your, your arm hair gets singed when you reach in for a, the oven for like an emergency extraction because something's burning. Right? Think about how you feel right now. Maybe that's work. That's school. It's your friends. It's sports. It's college. It's decisions. And there's good parts about your life, and you don't want to complain. But if you're honest, like, there's a part of you on the edge that's like, ah, it just feels a little touchy. It's a little bit touchy, a little bit singed. It's been a little too much this year. It's been a little too much even at this month. I've been doing fine, trying to be faithful. I'm good. I, I trust God. 
But man, this is getting to be a little, little much right now. You just kind of feel that way. And we carry that into this season often, right? Tomorrow's Christmas. It's here already. And this incredible story that we love this story, it comes in very humbly to the vehicle of humanity, right? real humans with real challenges. Mary and Joseph, and God is okay with that. He's okay with that. It gives God a chance to show us how strong he is and how much he loves us. And so Jesus is born this night, and it's likely in, in some kind of cave or, or, or a barn or possibly a downstairs of a house where they kept animals. Most likely born in some kind of feeding trough. And for Mary, it's almost like maybe there's some relief here. Some kind of relief. Okay, I finally made it to this moment. I, I've got this baby. This was the first big goal. This first big goal. And they'd be hanging out in the little town looks like this. It's Bethlehem. Beautiful town. Beautiful hilltop, hilltop town. Tough to get to. Beautiful little place, though. And that night, Luke 2 goes on and says, there were shepherds living out in a field nearby. So they're out there in the, in the fields. They're keeping watch over their flocks, doing their job. And the angel of the Lord appears to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. This idea of cloths was just like torn cloths too, right? It's like they didn't have all the stuff. They didn't have all the supplies. And then suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest heaven on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us. So they hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at the what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart and pondered them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which are just has been told. Right? So the angels have this visitation with these shepherds, an interruption, a disruption. Right? The shepherds, as far as we can tell, were not looking for some kind of miraculous sign this very night. They were doing their job. They were watching the flock. It's the middle of the night. They're probably tired. I don't know if they're telling jokes, smoking cigarettes, whatever they did back then. They weren't looking to the heavens for, like this, for angels to start singing. But God visits them. God sends the angels. Interruption, disruption. Right? And there's this beautiful miracle that takes place. And they step out in the faith. They said, let us go see. Let us go see. Let us go see. And as they go and see, they're, they're amazed. And then they go and tell other people what they've seen. Right? They go and tell other people what they've seen. And sometimes for you and I, we talk about these stories of faith and of God and spirituality. We don't see the miracle as clearly as we should. Sometimes we need to look, for, look to others who have a better view. Right? Not everyone got to see this, this miracle in, out in the fields. And maybe some noticed something going on and just dismissed it. But he shows the shepherds, he says, let us go see. Let us go see. And sometimes, for you and I, God comes to us. He comes right to us. And you can be like, oh, yeah, I know God, God showed up in my life and I, he, he saved me. Uh, he spoke to me. This miracle happened. This presence happened. You feel that. Sometimes God comes to us. But sometimes we have to also go look for him. Like the, the angels came, there's this great moment, super exciting. But he's like, go see, go see, go get closer. And they go and look. And the shepherds lead this way. They lead, they lead the way to, to discovering Jesus with devotion. I was out surfing uh, a few weeks ago, and it was one of the bigger swells we're having. 
And I'm in the water, I'm kind of sitting out to line up the point, and I'm kind of in the middle. There's guys much further out on longboards, and it's, it's big enough that you just don't want to be caught on the inside and get, you know, get hammered. And so I'm kind of drifting in the middle, and you can see these swells come on. If you've been in the ocean, when the swells come up, and you're, you're kind of on the inside, you, you lose sight of the horizon. Right? These swells come up, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a big set coming in, do I need to go further out? Where should I be? And when those times happen, I'm always looking to the people further out. I'm looking to the guys getting over the wave. Like, are they panicking? Are they okay? Are they turning around? I'm watching them because they have a better vision than me. They have better vision than me in that moment. They can see it. They can see it. And sometimes when you're in a valley, you're just kind of down, you just can't see, look to people who you think can. Look to people who might be able to help with that. Have a little better vision on the situation. Sometimes we're in our own stuff. We just can't figure it out. Like, that is the point and the value and purpose of community. I mean, I'm stuck here. I don't really know what's going to be happening next year. It's my job. It's my relationships, my finances, it's my family. It's my school. It's this. I'm just like, oh, I can't really see what's ahead. Hey, bring in some other people. They may be able to look ahead for you. The shepherds were given this vision early on. They were like the furthest out. This beautiful perspective. They go and see, and then they go and share. They go and share. And the shepherds were just shepherds, right? They didn't bring gifts. We're not going to talk about the wise men this afternoon, but you know, they, there were these fancy, fancy wise men, these kind of uh, kingly type characters. They brought these fancy gifts. The shepherds were just shepherds. They didn't bring gifts. They brought their presence. When I was 17 years old, I, um, I wasn't living at home. I was finishing high school. I wasn't living at home, but I was home for Christmas. And uh, I wasn't in a great place. I hadn't been great, done doing great with my family. And I, and I, I come home for Christmas, though. And it's like Christmas morning. And uh, I don't know, junior, high, junior or senior in high school. It's Christmas morning. I'm at the house. I have no presents for anybody. I had four younger brothers at the time. I mean, my parents and my nana who live with us. There's this house full of people, and I should, should have gifts. I had no gifts. And I wake up pretty early on, on Christmas morning, and I think I got to get some gifts. And it's like, you know, six o'clock on Christmas morning. I go to 7 Eleven. And I go to 7 Eleven, and I just load up on whatever I can find at 7 Eleven. I got coffees, I got some junky, uh, junky toys, you know, I got some lottery tickets, and I just, I just did the 7 Eleven trip, and I came back with this tray. But it wasn't far from my house, but by the time I got back up, my parents were, were awake, and there was some stirring in the house. I showed up with my 7 Eleven stuff, and you know what? They were super appreciative of me. They loved it. They, they couldn't believe that I would actually do something like that. Right? I just wasn't in that place. And I think, man, maybe that's all you have sometimes. Maybe that's all you got. Maybe you don't have what the, what the wise men had. You don't have frankincense and gold and myrrh. Maybe you're just like, you're just kind of showing up like, I'm just here. I, that's what I got. It's all I got this year. I'm just doing the best I can. And the shepherds, they showed up. and They, they didn't stop to, to get gifts or, or, or take a shower or dress up. They just showed up as they were. Because angels said, go and see. Go and see. Go get closer to God. And that's the message, that God is with us. So we might be able to approach him as you are. Without anything, just show up and get closer to him. That's the gift. That's the miracle. I'm going to have our worship team come up. We're going to close out in, in just a minute. And I think maybe you're at a place where, like, I hadn't, haven't had a great year. You're like, I haven't had a great year. Maybe you haven't been a good dad, not a good brother, sister, friend, wife. Maybe, like, I haven't really been a good husband. I haven't been a good human. I haven't been a good Jesus follower. And you're here on Christmas Eve. And this is just a time to bring what you can. This is it. This is who you are. This is where you are. God is okay with that. He knows you. He knows your story. He's got you. When he called the shepherds, he wasn't expecting them to like change their lives over this moment. That moment would change their lives. But just show up. Get closer. Just get closer. It's as simple as saying, Lord, I don't know. I don't know if I get you. 
don't know if you're real, maybe you are, but I want to get closer. I want to see. I want to at least try. And I love New Year's. We're going to, you know, we'll talk about New Year's in the new year. But there's nothing really magical about New Year's, just another date. But this story, on the other hand, is, is full of it. It's full of wonder and magic and life-changing possibility. We just get a little closer to Jesus. Come as you are. Come to Christmas as you are. Maybe it's a tray from 7-Eleven. That's all you got. That's okay. Welcome. Maybe they don't even have that. That's okay. The Lord would say, welcome. Come and be. Come be close to me. So we're going to pass around some candles. That's actually on their chair. We're going to light those candles. And uh, we're going to close out in song with the, with the candlelight. And the candlelight is a... Uh, Man, it's an it's a, it's a image of hope. It's hope in the darkness. This was like almost John's way of speaking the gospel. John's way of speaking the gospel. It's light in the darkness. So, uh, yeah, we'll get those candles lit up, and then we're going to close out and, uh, and song together. I would say kids at your own discretion. Just everyone keep an eye on, on stuff. 